I'm Marcy Lundy. Today is Tuesday, December 5th, 2023, and this is the Cult of Kindness podcast. So for the month of December, I thought it'd be really nice to have the topic uh, of it's better to give than to receive, but it's got a little twist on it as we're talking about giving, but the gift in uh, receiving here is the gift of goodness that we feel from giving. Uh, so I thought it'd be great to have our guest on here, Michael Pettiford, owner of Go For It Services. Michael, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Good. So Michael is exceptionally accomplished, uh, a speed demon, shall I call you? <laughs> I don't know about the demon part, but the speed right. the speed would definitely be accurate. That's not the right term because you're one of the nicest people. So yeah, let's the speed angel, let's call you that. <laughs> <laughs> that might be an overstep, but okay. Oh, okay. All right. Well, Michael, please give the audience a little bit of information about you. Well, um, let's see, I started uh, Go For It about 38 years ago because I was dissatisfied with what people called training uh, in both cars, motorcycles, trucks, buses, RVs. We do all of those things. Um, and since, ironically, I've got background in all of those things, uh, we can do it really, really well. So if you really wanted to be safe, uh, or your teenager wanted to be safe, um, I think we've got the best program in the country uh, just because we do it by the laws of physics um, and we teach what the professional drivers that never have accidents ever do. And if you did what they did, you'd get the same results that they would that they get. So that's our premise. And then we also have a racing team for, cars and motorcycles see that's what i think is awesome and so if you could give a little background so did you come out of the womb and you were ready to drive at 100 miles an hour i did <laughs> it was it was really kind of strange for my mom <laughs> <laughs> she was like oh my you know yeah, you drove before you walked <laughs> Well, I mean, I've I've always liked to go fast. I mean, yeah. you know, I was I was crawling around the house fast. I was making car noises when I was a a baby. No one knew why. They were a little worried about me for a moment, uh, but I turned out okay. It it turned out. <laughs> awesome. So you literally like very early on that was. Yeah, awesome. I've I've always liked to know how fast. I can go, whether it was running, you know, in track or on a bicycle or once, you know, once I got uh, acquainted with the internal combustion engine, uh, mm -hmm. we became very good friends very fast and uh, finding the limits of whatever it is I was driving or riding or, or whatever was, was just something kind of in my DNA and oh. I always, always loved it. That's fantastic. So you were 
literally like the Formula One drivers where we see footage of them when they're six and seven. That was you. Well, in the in the fantasy, yes. But yeah. I I did not come for money. <laughs> <laughs> I I still don't come for money. I'm just a working guy. Yeah. Uh, and if you're going to do Formula One, you've got to either have a bunch of money or know somebody that has a bunch of money. That's so. true. That's true. Although uh, it was just last week I was looking at Lewis Hamilton's backstory and he didn't come from money, but he was so good that right. he take his way in. Well, and he was well connected. His dad knew some Formula One people that he got a chance to let them observe him and they saw his obvious talent and that allowed him to make the connection without having tons of money. So yeah, he was, he was fortunate. Very. Yes. So you have this gift. Your parents are trying to figure out why you're making car sounds. (laughs) When did they start to say, okay, well, let's, get him into something or did you make the decision to go for it as you got older? Um, I made the decision because ironically, when I came out to Colorado, I started getting tons of tickets because I loved going fast. And back then I didn't know anything about racing. Okay. So I was, I was so ignorant and so arrogant that I, I couldn't understand why these police officers couldn't see my obvious driving <laughs> talents. <laughs> and they and they kept giving me tickets and I, I just didn't understand it. So finally, um, a buddy of mine took me aside and said, look, man, you've got this gift and all you're doing is burning up money with lawyers and, you know, traffic fines. Why don't yeah. you get into racing? Yeah. And I did not know how to do that, but I found out how to do it. And yeah, it's been, it's been a really positive change and, and balance in my life. Sure, sure. So I know you're originally from Indiana, so I'm guessing there was more room out there to be a speed angel. <laughs> well, the, the, the funny thing is in, in South Bend, Indiana, where I grew up, we used to do crazy stuff with cars. I mean, we should have been killed. I never got a ticket back there. Not one. Oh but God. as soon as I came out here with the twisty, curvy roads, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I'm I'm so glad you're a safe driver that nothing ever happened. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you're being modest because as I told you to tell the audience about yourself, I didn't hear you mention your numerous achievements and wins. So if you could tell the audience about that. Well, um, I've won, let's see, 55 um, Sports Car Club of America, Divisional, National, Slash, Majors Conference Championships, which is more than anybody else ever amazing that's incredible all of that speed went to great use i would say well but i i haven't won the indy 500 i'm not a formula one driver so you know (laughs) there there could be way more yeah that's just by chance so did you want to become an indy or formula one driver 
Well, it's just um, it's it's just very significant races. I mean, I've um, I've done the Pikes Peak Hill Climb on a motorcycle. I was actually the first black guy to do that, much to my surprise, in uh, in two thousand nine. And and let me be clear, it's not like I broke a barrier. They loved to have me do it. There was everybody was just great. Um, and I got fourth place in my class and fourth place, you don't get to talk, you know, first, second, third, you're on the box, fourth, you put your tail between your legs and go back to your pit <laughs> and, <laughs> and try to do better, better next time. Yeah. Uh, but, but one of the guys said, no, 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 you're the first African-American. And I'm like, seriously, um... but you know, you look around and you're like, uh, okay, maybe I am the first one. So yeah, that's anyway. great. Yeah. That's so good. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because it was one of the things I was wondering about. Uh, how were you received uh, in the racing world as an African-American man? Well, nowadays it's, it's not that big of a deal. Um, I mean, we're still dramatically underrepresented, of course, um, as are women, um, and there is no such thing as an African-American female road racing champion that I'm aware of. Now, uh, drag racing, yes. Circle track, yes. Um, so, you know, let me know, Marcy, if you're, if you want to get into a new uh, thing. <laughs> you know, when I lived in Los Angeles, I had an iron I remember the first time I realized this, my niece was about eight years old. I had her in the passenger seat and I noticed her little head jerking every time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I mean, I hope that changes because, you know, it's so nice to see black and brown faces now. So sure. I hope with the next five years that changes. Well, I guess, you know, the, the fantasy would be that, you know, there's, there's plenty of, very rich african-american people um, yeah. people of color yeah. um and unfortunately not enough of them want a racing team or or want to be represented in that way um and i get that but you would think somewhere um and and i don't have access to them but if i could get an introduction to people and get them out to the track, put them in, you know, one of the cars that we have, show them the speed, you know, maybe there would be some interest um, and, and we could do much more. I think there is interest, you know, they, they just don't know where to start. So I'm glad you put that into the universe because I'm sure there's people who would love to, but as a black man or a woman, they just aren't sure is anyone interested in that? Well, there is. There are two in NASCAR. Um, I'm trying to think. I should know both of their names. But Jordan's one of them. Mm -hmm. And the other one was on 60 Minutes, and I can't think of his name. Okay. But they were, they were competitors in basketball, and now they're competitors in NASCAR. And that's kind of cool. That's really cool. But in, in NASCAR, they had some issues because I know originally um, it was kind of on the DL that it was owned by somebody black mm -hmm. because of 
some of the hesitation still in NASCAR, you know, but I don't, I don't think I, I know that they know currently who the owners are. Okay. Yeah. It, and it's really nice to see uh, like Magic Johnson, like you said, Michael Jordan. It's so yeah. nice to these gentlemen be able to be in an, on an ownership level. That's wonderful. Yeah. And that's, that's what it's going to take. Um, you know, if, if you're going to make the decisions on who, you know, what your team looks like, uh, you need to be an owner to do that. Absolutely. That's so true. Well, Michael, I wanted to talk to you about go for it because this is one of the ways I think that you're giving and receiving because through your gift of racing, you're able to, now, is it primarily young people or are you teaching everyone? We we train everybody. I mean, we've got, um, you know, our driver education program for predominantly 15-year-olds that are just starting to drive and get their licenses. We train um, older people that their families are concerned, you know, can they still drive safely? Uh, we train special needs people you know, ADD, ADHD. Um, I've trained people with brain injuries, um, amputees uh, over the over the years. So, I mean, I can I can usually find the problem and fix the problem if the person wants it fixed and will will do the work because is, it's it's not always easy. Right. That is so wonderful. I mean especially uh, just thinking about individuals where they're getting older and their families are concerned about their driving ability. That is so yeah. nice. So when, before you started it, did you have an idea of specifically how you wanted to do it? Or once you started it, you incorporated more into it? Um, I was originally part of some of the biggest safety organizations uh, in the nation, like Motorcycle Safety Foundation, AAA uh, Specialty Vehicle Institute of America, which was for the ATV safety back in the days when the kids were getting killed on the three-wheelers and four-wheelers, and they were on 60 Minutes <laughs> and all <laughs> that. So I decided to jump into that pool and see yeah. see if we could uh, get some positive results there, and, and we did. Um so it was it was just being a part of those organizations and always being the person that that would say, well, what about this? I mean, we could we could be doing this better. And this is this is incorrect altogether. We shouldn't even be teaching that because that will cause accidents. So finally, um, <laughs> I remember it like it was yesterday. It was exercise 17 on the MSF Motorcycle Safety Foundation curriculum. And you had to say on a motorcycle, if you lock your rear tire, keep your rear tire locked. Okay. Never, it's never been correct. If you do that at highway speeds, you can blow a tire and crash. Mm -hmm. I couldn't say it one more time. Okay. So I said, I'm, I'm done with this. I'll create my own curriculum we'll do it by what the top riders and drivers do in the world. And we'll just break it down into bite-sized pieces, teach people step-by-step. Step. 
and I can build a better mouse trap than this. Oh and my God. Amazing. And how long have you been doing this? Uh, this will be the 38th year. Oh, yeah. So wonderful. So knowing you help so many different types of individuals and situations, uh, what is the scariest? I'm guessing it's the kids. <laughs> it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you want to, uh, if you want to see how I got this gray hair, <laughs> um, yeah, put yourself in a car with a teenager, or not just a teenager, but somebody that's not too good of a driver, right. and put them on the street. And you've got to be really, really good and really, really focused. Yeah. Uh, but people have tried to kill me before, <laughs> and I am still here. <laughs> and that just shows how great of a driver you are. <laughs> so is it just you, or you have a team? I have a team. Um, I do. I do most of the training, and whenever you come out to one of my schools, you'll always get me. Um, you know, I'm not like a like a Skip Barber or a what used to be a Bondurant. I knew Bob. Um, you know, you usually are not going to get Bob. Bob is out with his helicopter or his boat, and he's yeah. not going to be at the at the track. Uh, I don't have a helicopter or boat, so I'll be there. <laughs> and, that's, and that's okay. Yeah, and you're right. That's so nice. You see this picture of the owner, and then you go there. Oh, I'm actually with the owner as I do this. That's good. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of how... Um, how it got rolling and it just got a little bigger and a little bigger. We started with one car, you know, and stuff everywhere. Now we've got a, a bigger garage uh, and I don't know, 18 cars, 18 or 19 cars. So, yeah. that, so that when we do a corporate event, which we also do, um, you know, we can have, we've had as many as 125 people out at the track uh, at one time, driving my cars and having a good time uh, under supervision, of course. And then we give them uh, what we call hot laps or e-ticket rides, uh, rides at speed with either myself or one of my um, professional instructors. Very good. And so you're a young man, I know. And so I'm wondering, <laughs> <laughs> will you ever... Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Will you ever pass the baton or you want to do it as long as you can do it? Um, you know, I uh, I have no plans to do that. It's hard to find people with the background um, that are good at it, that will still take the time to teach it to a variety of people. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, Lewis Hamilton is, you know one of the one of the top formula one drivers in the world and my favorite personally uh to try to get him to teach your 15 year old driver education on the road <laughs> might be a challenge it might be <laughs> he's, he's gonna be a little busy right exactly although and, he, with and he's probably not gonna want to do it yeah with him being in the state as a part owner of the broncos you never know yeah <laughs> I, I pretty much know. 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you have to shoot your shot, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's so nice. And like I said, that the gift to be able to do that because Personally speaking, I remember I took driver's ed in high school, like most people did. And the, it's subpar. You're not paying that much attention. You just are ready to get your permit. But I'm guessing in a situation with someone like you, it's exciting because this is someone who not only drives, they drive really well. So I'm guessing the interest is really there with everyone. Well, and, and we just we just have a different curriculum. Um, most of the schools, they just kind of drive the kids around hoping that they'll get it by osmosis, you know. Right. <laughs> That's not the way we do it. We we start off in the first hour of driver education. I've already gone over the four types of braking, three of which are emergency procedures, um, what to do in the event of a brake system failure, throttle stick, downhill icy road, two-way stop where you can't see, all that. That's in the first hour. And most of the other driver education uh, classes don't go over that ever. Ever. it's, it's, It's dramatically different. That is fantastic. Especially, I'm just thinking about, uh, I was living in Washington state when I learned how to drive and we had the icy conditions and, sure. and no, we learned nothing about that. Just the basics. Sure. So we're good that you do that. Well, and the other, the other thing is you're, you're setting the standard as well. A lot mm-hmm. of people don't know that you can drive, especially if you're 15 and your parents have taught you, they did the best that they could, of course. Right. But most of them are not professionally trained top level drivers. So the mistakes that they were taught get passed down from generation to generation and the drivers don't really get get any better. That's true. That's true. What a gift to have you doing this. So you're based in Colorado. Um, I'm guessing that's your one location or do you ever go outside the state and do this? Um, we do for racing, uh, racing clients will, will be going to, uh, Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin next year for the runoffs at, uh, Road America. And then there's, we, we go out of state multiple times for that. And out of the city, uh, we do our big corporate event at, uh, Pueblo Motorsports Park in Pueblo. So, uh, but most of the stuff we do here in Louisville, um, I can travel to other places. Most people come to me just because it's much much less expensive to come to me than if you're gonna fly me out and put me up and feed me and all that stuff. So sure. yeah, that's wonderful, Michael. So like I said, I, I just thought it'd be wonderful to have you on and talk about this particular topic because you are giving in such a beautiful way. And and I'm glad you said that it is uh, wonderful to be able, you're, you're teaching more people than I realized. The spectrum is very broad with even amputees. That's amazing. Yeah, we had we had a guy that wanted to be a race car driver and he'd lost his leg. So mm-hmm. uh, he got my name and we he was uh, sent to me and he kind of felt a little sorry for himself. 
So I'm trying to remember. I always forget which leg he was missing, but whatever, whichever one, I think it was the right one. Mm -hmm. So I had, I had never driven with one foot before ever, but I got kind of tired of him pitying himself. And I said, look, we're going to race and I'm going to, I'm going to drive like you have to drive and let's, let's, let's do it. And I, and I beat him badly. (laughs) I said, the people you're racing with are not going to care that you don't have a leg. Matter of fact, they're going to rejoice in it because they think they can beat you easier. So we have to train harder. Right. Once he got over that, he did very, very, very well. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. And that's just so rewarding. Kudos to you, Michael. (laughs) Well, the, the story after story after story that I can tell you, I mean, you know, we could we could go all day long with stories over the years that I've had. Um, yeah. One of the more fun ones, um, you know, is I'll get arrogant um, 15 year old males Uh-oh. that think they are the world's best drivers. Mm-hmm. And that's great. I like I like a little swagger that works. Right. Let's see if you can actually do it. Talking's easy. Mm-hmm. And I set the bar high, even though I'm very patient and I'm very understanding. This yeah. is what the top drivers do. And here I can show it to you. This is how you stop perfectly. Now, if you're all that in a bag of chips, let's see <laughs> it. <laughs> how did they receive you? you? They meet their match with you. So how does that go? Well, I think, you know, once they know that they can't fool me and that I can really do it, mm-hmm. then, you know, it's it's a different space than okay. perhaps their parents, which are maybe average drivers and, and are not the best teachers. Sure. So usually once we get to that place, then I've kind of I've put the challenge to them that if they think they're that good, then show me. And let's let's help you be that good, so it it works to their advantage. Yeah, that's so good. I love it. Well, Michael, if you could tell the audience where they can find just you in action, your many achievements, and you were on a show recently, weren't you? Um, you mean the TV show? I do. Drive. I do. Yeah, yeah. That was <laughs> that was a few years ago, yeah. and um, matter of fact, I wore this very shirt. Oh, did you? <laughs> um, here, I'll show you the the go for it there. Oh, yeah. Um, because this this purple shirt was one of the ones that they thought when they were doing the photo shoots and all that 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 it worked pretty well. And I'm like, okay, fine. You know, you, right. you know more about this than I do. So, <laughs> but it was, it was something that was really a highlight of my driving career because no one had ever done that before. I mean, you know, it was like, um, you know, doing all these tricks with cars and it was for time. So it was like American Ninja Warriors, meets fast and the furious oh wow 
So it was it was really cool, and I got selected for it because I had won so many races, and they looked me up and called me and talked to me and told me what they were going to do. And I said, yeah, it sounds really exciting. Um, you know, and they paid us to come out there. They fed us. They taught us how to be even better stunt drivers. Um, so it was it was really a lot of fun. And to meet everybody from literally around the world was fascinating to me. Because I, I, I haven't traveled. I mean, I, I used to live in Canada for a moment and I've raced in Mexico. Um, but other than that, I've just been in the continental United States. So to meet people from China and Japan and Poland and Mexico and South Africa and, and, and was yeah. just, you know, phenomenal. And we, we ate together in the same tent, you know, every day. And it was, it went on for about three weeks. So oh. it was, it was really a highlight. And even though my results were very poor, <laughs> <laughs> Um, as far as you know winning the competition it was still it was still really fun um, and I I learned I'm a better driver because I did that uh, than I would have been oh that's nice really so that far into your career you were a better driver on the other side of it oh yeah I'm always learning to be a better driver Mm, no matter no matter how many championships uh, this year, I set some lap records. None of that will matter next year to anybody that I'm <laughs> racing against. <laughs> they're, they're, they're not going to say, oh, oh, it's him, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's wonderful. And then is there anywhere else where we can see you in action? Um, let's see. On the, on the website, um, there's a schedule. And we'll be doing that schedule. So we'll be in Hallett, Oklahoma. We'll be at Pueblo. We'll be at um, in Byers out at High Plains Raceway a couple of times. So there'll be three places in Colorado that if you want to come out uh, and watch, you certainly can. Um, you know, you can always call me and see what my schedule is because we're we're doing a lot of racetrack stuff year round. Um, you know, sometimes seven days a week um usually saturday mornings i'm doing uh willie b's radio show uh because i used to have my own radio show um for a while and i really enjoyed that right that's awesome okay so audience if you'd like to learn more about michael Michael, say the name of the show on Netflix one more time for me, please. Uh, Hyperdrive. Hyperdrive, yes. And then if you would like to see some of his racing in action, you just heard him, what he said there. And then what is your website if they'd like to get in touch with you, perhaps about driving? It's uh, goforitservices.com, and it's the single digit number four, not F-O-R, and we've got, uh, you'll see all the classes, uh, there's lots of videos, uh, you could you could spend a while if you wanted to go through everything on there, uh, and we've got some specials happening in December if you wanted to 
drive one of our cars on the road and I'm looking at you, Marcy. Yeah. Um, yes. yes. <laughs> or if you or if you wanted to do uh have a three lap at speed on the track or get six laps of instructions, much for for much lower price points than a lot of our our other classes. Uh we're doing a special in December for all of those things. So yeah. Thank you. I just I just talked to a lady, she's got a 15 and a half year old and he just signed up to drive one of the Corvettes on the street for an hour. Oh, how fun. Yeah. So yeah. that'll be, that'll be cool. That is so awesome. And thank you for having this available to people, because like I said, that is such a gift to be able to experience this with someone who not only drives well, but enjoys what they do. That's wonderful. Well, and it's, you know, a lot of people they're 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 driving in fear and they and they don't really know why. Or they they always have accidents or they have close calls and they, yeah. they don't know why. They think it's chance. And and sometimes it is chance, but in most cases, if you can improve what I call the sequence, which is how they do what they do, where are you looking, you know, what are yeah. you processing? That'll give you advanced warning. And there's people that drive millions of miles that never have an accident, ever. That's true. And, and if you did what they did, you'd get the same results. So mm -hmm. we just teach them step by step. I just thought of something else to ask you. My dad said this years ago, and it really seems to be true. He said that when people get behind the wheel, they have a different personality. <laughs> Would you say that's true? Well, I mean, just like just like social media. I mean, you know, road rage has has escalated mm -hmm. since the old days. Um, you know, people are are carrying weapons more nowadays. And um, you know, you can get in a situation where you're upsetting someone either purely by accident or, you know, because you were a little too aggressive or you thought you you thought you were the man and you weren't the man you know they were the man because they had an automatic weapon uh -oh. <laughs> so you know one of the one of the things that we teach in the classes is how to be ahead of that situation how yeah. to not be vulnerable in a situation because you're getting information well in advance of most average drivers so, you know, when there's when there's a, a hazard or a, a congestion up in the distance, you see it half a mile to a mile back, whereas most people see it a quarter mile ahead. Okay. So it's it's I mean, it there's you know, I could talk about this for hours and hours and hours, yeah. but it's it's awareness. Uh, we call it super safety. There's seven elements of super safety. And if you do all seven, you can't hardly have an accident. I mean, you can still get struck by lightning. There's nothing I can do about that. But but most of the other stuff, yeah, you would be amazed. Oh, my gosh. You know, I'm seriously, well, I have to renew my license because uh, it expired some time ago. But I am literally willing to renew it because I want to drive with you. <laughs> well, there you go. Cool, cool. Cool, cool. Yes. 
Michael well, and we we need to get Stuart out there too with oh. with, uh, with all the technology. You I know. know. You don't have to say it twice. He would absolutely take you up on that. <laughs> uh, we'll have to put that'll be an aside to his new book. I'm not going to say the title <laughs> or, the, or the subject. <laughs> and have to change names. <laughs> oh my! But what? I'm I'm just curious. What's the what's the fastest you've ever been in a car, or what's the coolest car? you've ever been in you know believe it or not i love old cars because of this lead foot i have i enjoy you know having to handle a car and i remember uh the, so the last car i was in was a chrysler 300 uh 2010 model okay. and i didn't like it at all because you know i didn't have to hit the pedal hardly at all and i'm going 100 and i didn't like that uh, uh, uh. But I have not been in like a fancy sports car or anything like that. So I, I would appreciate having that experience. Is sure. that something where uh, you barely have to tap the pedal or do you really have to? Give well, it, it depends. It depends on the car. And, you know, everybody's different. I mean, mm -hmm. I like performance because performance in an emergency situation is what saves you. Okay. Yeah. Leather interior, sorry, doesn't save you. <laughs> you know, not not that it's not nice to have, but yeah. it doesn't save you. You know, having the, the Bose super sound system, sorry, doesn't do save it. you. You know, I'm so weird with that. I don't like the leather seats. I like the ones that are like a sofa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just like but, all but the, you know, the car's ability to accelerate and brake and corner and swerve, that, all of those are advantages in an emergency situation. Sure. And so many people these days um, like SUVs and pickup trucks because they sit higher and mm. it feels safer until yeah. you're in an emergency. Oh. SUVs and trucks take longer to stop. And if you have to do a swerve, swerve with vehicles with higher centers of gravities, you right. have a higher propensity to roll over. So it's it's all physics 101. I mean, it's not, you know, yeah. you, you can think they're safer if you want, but mm. by the laws of physics, to avoid an accident, many times you're actually putting yourself at a disadvantage instead yeah. of an advantage. They're the first to hydroplane too, right? No, hydro hydroplaning is strictly a function of tires and water depth. Okay. So you could have you could have a very high vehicle off the ground with mm -hmm. really good tires and it would not hydroplane. Oh, or you okay. could have a very low center of gravity all-wheel drive vehicle that I would recommend with mm -hmm. bad tires or bald tires. And even at 30, 35 miles an hour, they could still hydroplane. Now, I had a friend years ago, She, uh, her husband bought her a Dodge Charger, and she was saying that she really loved how it hugged the road. Uh, are there a lot of cars that are going to give you that? or that's Well, for, for most people, again, I mean, what does hug the road mean? Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, I mean, it obviously the visual is not what they're talking about. <laughs> but most people, because they've never taken their cars to the limit, they yeah. don't know whether their cars handle or not. Mm. And any car handles, I can put you in my one ton crew cab dually mm -hmm. and drive it at 80% and you'll go, you know, this, this corner is pretty well, you know, right. because it's not at the limit. Sure. So I'm, I'm in a position where I'm very fortunate. I get to test cars at the limit on the track and see which ones are the better cars and which ones are kind of poser cars. <laughs> not a poser car <laughs> yeah but but most people you know if they're driving it at 80 percent and it's mm -hmm. comfortable to them it handles great and okay. and again there's there's nothing wrong with that yeah. but if you're in an actual emergency and now the car is at the limit mm -hmm. then there are differences between the way cars handle and suvs and pickup trucks etc cetera, etc cetera. Okay. Okay. That's good to know. You're right. And on average, none of us are pushing our cars to the limit because we can't really, unless we want those tickets. <laughs> well, even, even how a car breaks, I mean, there's, there's nothing illegal about going to an industrial park, doing speed limit and stopping your car, you know, obviously checking behind you, but stopping your car in the shortest distance to see how it does that and what it feels like. Most people have never done that. And in an emergency, they're not going to go to the correct pressure to bring it to stop in the shortest distance. And if they go longer, then oftentimes that's the difference between having an accident that was preventable and not having one. Sure. Yeah. Michael, you are a wealth of knowledge. I love it. I And I, I literally could just continue talking, but I know that uh, it will cut us off at a certain point. So. <laughs> Thank you. Well, so I am, I'm, I'm at your disposal for however long we have. <laughs> I love it. And I may actually have you back on because you're just so enjoyable. And aside from this being about giving and receiving, you're just... You are a kind person. I, I first met you through my husband and you're just delightful. Thank you for everything that you're offering everyone. Oh, well, it's it's my pleasure. It's my honor to be able to do that. And uh, when I first met you guys, I, I loved you instantly. And like I said, I, I hope we get a chance to spend more time together. Certainly. I'll have to have you back on and have Stuart on as well. That'll be uh, that, would be, that would be a hoot now, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone, please check out Michael at Go For It Services. Please check out his website. Please check out his time on, why do I keep forgetting the name of the show on Netflix? Can you say that? Oh, hyper, Hyperdrive. Yeah. Hyperdrive, yes. You'll have to see the first episode because that's as far as I made it. If you oh. <laughs> go beyond that, you won't see me. <laughs> hey, we're on there. That's all that counts. <laughs> well, Michael, thank you so much and happy holidays to you. And I'm serious. I'm going to have you on again. You're just so great. You too. I would, I would love to. And thank you, Marcy. I, I appreciate it.
Thank you. All right, everyone. I love you all. Take care.